Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Black Community Podcast. Yes, I can't do it. I I think I just had it for one episode. Only one Patreon episode. Y'all missed the phone roll if y'all not on Patreon. So I can't read that. Dang, dang. It's so sad. It is sad because I want to be festive. I want to dig into my roots and, you know, my war cry. (laughs) Not a war cry. (laughs) I can't. Not oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. First of all, if you're not churchy, you don't know what those O's are. But if you're in the the body, you know what I said. All right now. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh. I just want to thank you for tuning in and joining me and Labria, me and Labria, me and Labria. I don't know why I repeated your name so many times, but it's I just okay. felt like it was on my heart. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Maybe spirit. my name needed to go out and touch <laughs> some doors or something. Um, so we appreciate you. Um, this is episode two. Dose. For for those who are not Patreon members, for those who are part of our sister, cousin, brother, am I missing some king, queen, queen, then this is your third episode. But whatever episode you want, even if it's your first episode that you've heard and you need to go back and binge watch or binge listen, I don't know, what, what do you call it? call that binge. binge listen we just happy you're here we happy that you here by the time that you are hearing our voices it should be the first day of black history black month. history month period but, but it's we we already know this is the you know the the most blackity blackest podcast that you're gonna get on the airwaves you feel what i'm saying so mm-hmm. we know that we celebrate black history month all year round but early, early. nonetheless we are still going to make sure that the month of february um we are pouring into our black brothers and sisters yeah. that we are making uh black businesses fruitful that we are amplifying voices that we are sharing stories so Mm -hmm. that's what you should be expecting all month long and because black history month is so special we want to make sure that we're getting the voices and the guests and the topics covered you will be hearing our voices Mm -hmm. all february long this ain't gonna okay. happen in March. You gonna go back to that every other week. You feel what I'm saying? We over here working time and a half. Time and a half. Time okay. and a half. Okay. So that you can hear our voices every single week in the month of February. It's the shortest month. We already know that we be getting the short end of the stick, but it's okay. We're gonna make the most of this month. Imani, I have a question for you. I have an answer, my darling. What's up? Oh, I love the readiness. When you think of Black History Month, what memories come up for you? Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> when I think of Black History Month, Honestly, having to watch those Eyes on the Prize videos. Oh my goodness. When I was in elementary school. 
So I don't know if y'all know about Eyes on the Prize, but um, it's a video series about Black history, and it talks. Okay. It was where I was introduced to Emmett Till when I was in elementary school. You learned about Emmett Till in elementary school? Yes, girl. Brooklyn was doing it. Brooklyn was doing it. Brooklyn right. showed showed the, the the actual open casket oh, too. Oh, so, did they send the letter home before? No, the watch. Sorry, the teacher no. in me just <laughs> sprung up. I was like, oh man. No, so wow. I was traumatized for a very long time. I can um, imagine. Yeah, so when I think of Black History Month, my earliest memories are, are the Eyes on the Prize videos and just seeing my people out here fighting for mm. equality and justice. Um, I don't know. What is your memory when you think, like the first thing you think about? I I didn't have like a Black History Month experience in school ever. Mm. Um, and... I can go on a rant about how the public school system is failing black children, but that's for another episode. <laughs> um, I, re- I literally, I feel like every year up until like, you know, maybe fourth, fifth grade is just, we're going to sit in color pictures of Dr. Martin Luther King and everybody fighting over the brown crayon because obviously like what else? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what other colors is in this picture here <laughs> um it's just his face you know you like, wait you od because that's the truth it's just his face in a black suit like what are we doing what's up that's, there's no that's, that's like you can't color nothing else like it's like all right if you're gonna make him have a little funky suit maybe like it's christmas time dr king maybe you want to <laughs> color it red and green maybe you want to do a little give him a little polka dot moment maybe you want to give him like some plaid some corduroy some textures some argyle um <laughs> some fabric <laughs> some toothpicks whatever like whatever arts and crafts you needed to do until that brown crayon was finished Mm-hmm. but that's all that like that's all that we did so it just felt like an extension of dr king day mm-hmm. like and the whole mo- i don't remember okay i i know that in ele- <laughs> my elementary school so whenever we had like a big program um whether that was a play or some type of after school event even in assembly um, my principal was adamant that we sang, um, we sang, what, what song, not God Bless America. The Black um, National Anthem? We did sing the Black National Anthem in conjunction with, like, My Country Tis of Thee or something. What? So we would sing My Country Tis of Thee and then we would sing the Black National Anthem. And as... Uh, having a white Italian principal, male principal, looking back off of some 20 years ago, it's like, wow, you was really doing something. <laughs> it seems small, but it's like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy when you think about it. So anyway, we would have a Black History Month program where he would invite like, and I don't even feel right saying this out of my mouth, but he was, 
He was um Dr. King impersonator. I don't know what to call that. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to call him. Like, all right, you know how people be in those um, oh, the role oh. play things where no. like they act out the civil war or whatever. It was like no. one of those skits where no. I'm dead serious. Like this man would come. He didn't look like Dr. King. He was bald. He came every year and did, did the I Have a Dream speech. And they called it or the Black History, History Month program. It was just once in February. Like, we just knew it was coming. Um, So, honestly, there was more hype around Valentine's Day in elementary school than it was Black History, Black History Month. I don't remember learning about any prominent figures or you know, anything, anything like that. It was all about Dr. King and peace. And I feel like growing, I, I'm I'm surprised that I grew up to be as quote unquote right. militant <laughs> as I am mm-hmm. because that wasn't the pathway that was set out for me. You know what I mean? So it's always been a part of my personality to be an advocate. But if I had been learning about Emmett Till with you in element, please, Girl. <laughs> y'all would have seen me out here in these streets <laughs> with my fist up at seven. Okay, <laughs> like y'all not gonna do Emmett like <laughs> like you done did. Okay, I would have oh, yeah, man. I would have been out here. So that is so interesting. Did yeah. you do anything in your church? That's a good question. I think, <laughs> you know, black church is like a weird trauma hub, you know? Yes, and, I do. <laughs> I think like the Black History Month program was like the choir wearing kente cloth. Kente print, <laughs> yes. I know because I had my little kufi. So, Instead yeah. of their regular robes and then like singing Negro spirituals, like honestly, <laughs> singing Negro spirituals in a church in the early 2000s is not like as empowering as you think it's going to sound. It's actually <laughs> quite uncomfortable <laughs> given the history. Okay, so yeah, church wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> Church wasn't doing it for me. The school wasn't doing it for me. Home wasn't doing it for me. Um, So in adulthood, and for those who don't know, maybe we said this on an episode before or maybe an Instagram live or something that me and Amani decided that we were going to study um, Kwanzaa so that we could Mm -hmm. be set up in 2021 to like have our full Kwanzaa experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that this podcast is helping us reshape and you can like correct me if I'm saying something off, but I think it's helping us reshape what Black History Month means and how we choose mm-hmm. to celebrate it with this platform because I think this is probably in my entire life going to be the most conscious about that I that I will be about Black History Month. Um because it just wasn't like I knew obviously I knew that it was a thing but 
you know, BET playing extra Medea movies is not what <laughs> a signature of my podcast, the Black Experience. I'm just saying. Unplug your microphone. I just do. Do you want me to unplug my microphone, or you want Tyler Perry to unplug his? Which one? Because <laughs> there are problematic things going on in the land of the Perry. Okay, so in the land of BET as well. So I didn't say nothing wrong. You I didn't just, say anything I said what wrong. I said. You said what you said, sis. We said what you said. So, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be super conscientious moment for me to do something, read something, learn something every single day and transfer that to my students as well. Because and mm-hmm. even in working, this is my, my fifth year in teaching and... I have not been in a building yet that has really taken time to be like, yeah, we're going to designate time. We're going to intentionally plan curriculum so that students can be like super sure that we are celebrating Black History Month Mm -hmm. and making it a month, Mm -hmm. you know? So my question to you is, what does Black History Month mean to you? Hmm. Well, like I said, this is like going to be my first moment being like conscious about it. But I think when I think of Black History Month, I I really reflect on Cicely Tyson's mm. life and may she rest in peace. She lived such a full life. And what was beautiful about, as I've been seeing posts everywhere and reading stories and reading other people's accounts of, you know, who she was in their life, you know, um, I I think about how she didn't start her acting career until I think 30 years old. And the impact that she made after what something or most people, you get to 30 and feel like you've lived half of your life. Mm -hmm. And to, to enter into something at 30 and have 66 years of impact Mm. where generations upon generations will know you Mm -hmm. and will see you like, and, and will know your name. Yeah. And know what you're associated with. Yeah. I, I think I think that is black history to me. I think we we mold black history to be history and like past tense. Mm. When there is consistently black history being mm. made. And there there is uh an art to making history. There's a beauty in making history because of everything that we have to overcome as a people on daily basis, on a daily basis, us waking up and breathing and breathing in our purpose and breathing in what we're supposed to be doing and, and manifesting our impacts on the world is literally constantly creating black history. 
Yeah. And I think we need to to celebrate that. I I I appreciate meditating on the pioneers, meditating on those who have come before us and and celebrating them and showing gratitude for paving the way. But there are so many ways that are being paved by young people, by current activists, by current artists, by, you know, current thought leaders. There's so much that is happening now. And I think that we should tie that practice of gratitude of the present into our celebration of Black history as we know it in in the past tense. Mm, that's powerful. And I think that the way that you framed it really opened my eyes because I was going to say that Black History Month to me is a moment, I, I, I don't know when I, why I think about children. Mm. I just think about children learning about their history and learning mm-hmm. about their past and learning about their ancestors. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not thinking about the changes that we are making actively as activists, mm. as pioneers. So thank you for that. No, I, I, I thank you for sharing as well, because I think that's that's a huge deal of like being a village, you know, mm-hmm. like part of being the adult in the village is making sure that we are ensuring the success of the children. Exactly. And I don't think this is the time to be like shameful about like if you don't know of a famous black figure or you don't know every black person who's invented everything, you know, it's, it's okay. I think learning can still be done in adulthood. It needs to be done Mm -hmm. in adulthood so that we can, you know, pass that on to children. We don't want to give them the coloring book. We don't want the, I don't want my kids coloring Dr. King. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I mean, they can. But I don't, I don't want that to be the fabric I get of their it. history. I get it. You know, I think, I think it's so crazy because to me as an adult, I feel like I don't celebrate black history. I wouldn't celebrate it by choice mm. had it not been something mm. that I feel is forced upon me to celebrate. Interesting. Because I feel like I'm at a space where every single day is I'm learning about my history. I'm making history. I'm embracing my history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I no longer need a month to tell me to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think from a corporate standpoint, being in corporate America, it's just another capitalistic opportunity. Capitalism! (laughs) We hate it. We Without hate the capitalism merch we coming soon. We hate capitalism. I think like like Ugh. Apple create is creating this Black Unity Watch or Honey, something. Did you see you know it? I did not. Okay, let me explain to you. As ugly as I think it is, let me tell you. They got the 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 watch band is like green and and red or red and black or something. They they tried it with the liberation colors. And the mm. face of the watch is the liberation colors as well. And they got the audacity to be like a portion of the proceeds are going a to portion. civil. I said a portion. 
Where is Soldier Boy when you need him? Where, where? We need him to crank that 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 line. Okay, that Drake lives rent free. In my Soldier Boy saying Drake at the club interview lives rent free in my head. <laughs> rent free. So I need him to portion. Whatever do you mean portion? That's that. Mm, that's that capitalism. I promise you, and it's gross. And that is when I when I see my companies or different companies scrambling to figure out a Black History Month program or yeah. what to do for Black people at the job, and it's just like I'm just not going to subscribe to it. I refuse to. It's performative, and it's we've very been telling y'all since June. We've been telling y'all. All this anti-racism literature that y'all been reading, y'all have been pulling out, dusting off Angela Davis's works. You have been mm-hmm. pulling Asada Shakur's works out of the bottom of your basement. Y'all have been <laughs> e- Professor Ibram X candying me to death. Okay. You 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 have been wearing your library cards that you got out of privilege. Thin. I know. Thin. Okay. And then you didn't even read the book. It is absolutely suffocating. It's 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 everywhere. Do you know how many recommendations for podcasts I get? Mm. And I'm just like, leave me alone. Please. Like bye. Please. (laughs) I cannot I, I physically cannot wait until months pass and I can speak more about performative allyship in workspaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're going to talk. <laughs> Did you hear the K in my voice? We're going to talk, okay? We're going to talk. That K was extra strong. We're going to talk when a few months pass, okay? We're going to talk about it. But, you know, I, I think that we need to, at the same time, one, mm-hmm. be vigilant and not look at these companies at face value and be like, okay, look, they're trying. Yeah. No, trying and pandering is not synonymous. I agree. Let me tell you that. Two, I think we need to be intentional about what businesses we are go- going to pour into. There are so many Black businesses that are waiting for our patronage. And if we can't be a patron to their business, they're waiting for our follow on social media. They're waiting for us to share their their profile. They're waiting for us to just give them a shout out on our stories. There are so many ways that we can be supportive this month that isn't just about, you know, cooperative economics, you know? And I think one huge way for us to support Black businesses is with our patience. Yeah. I think there are just Mm -hmm. so many people who are expecting Black-owned businesses, small businesses. Let me reiterate that. Mm -hmm. All Black-owned businesses, we are expecting them to operate like large white corporations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if we just lend them our patience as they mm-hmm. are trying to, 
get up off the ground and get their customer service together and get their products in line and all of this and all of that. Because there are so many people who have had one bad experience with Black-owned businesses and now they won't support. And but now you got McDonald's every day and that ice cream machine still broke. Stay broke. Okay. Stay broke. And Stay then broke. <laughs> then Ain't no ice cream. <laughs> Stay broke. It's broken. You keep asking for the McFlurry and they can't give it to you. But you back in line again. <laughs> How you figure that one? But it's the truth. And I think that we need to have grace, give grace to businesses that are trying their hardest to get up off the ground because they're not going to operate like an Amazon. They're not going to operate like a Nordstrom. They're not going to operate like a Lauren Taylor. They're not going to do that as of yet. And and they may actually never never do that Mm. because they may choose not to welcome slave labor to keep mm. their products out there mm. okay be, can, I, can I just say something Oop, I, I done, the tea just got real hot speak your truth sir. speak it I just feel that when you shopping with a, a black owned business say, say it's a candle company mm-hmm. say the candle is is fifty four dollars? And you're like, I, I don't, I don't understand why the candle fifty four dollars. You don't have to do it fifty four dollars. I can buy me fifty four men doubles. Why am I getting? I'm not sounding like freaking Donnie. What was his name from Wild Thor Thornberries? Donnie. Like you, you all rat a tat tatting, talking about this fifty four dollars, but. You ready for the semi annual sale at Bath and Body? Ready. Semi annual. It'd be cold outside. You don't even got your mask on. Mm. For this Bath Weed and Body them. Works. Talking Weed. about $10 yeah. candle. Mm-mm. I don't want to hear that because you, you trying to compare a quality product that was handmade mm-hmm. by the black business owner that you're pouring into versus you paying for the three cents of labor done by somebody in an Asian country mm-hmm. is, is just really quite incomparable to me. And you e- even just on a a basic human level you are not paying jeff bezos bills mm-hmm. however your patronage to a black owned business can be putting groceries on their table my table can be paying for their kids to go to school or enjoy an extracurricular activity you can be paying for their self-care. You can be paying for their therapy. Exactly. So the you the mission behind why you're buying is so much greater than you focusing on convenience and price. Mm-hmm. And that has been my TED Talk for today. Well, I thank you for inviting me to sit down and listen to it because you just blessed the people. Amen so glad to do so you talked earlier about 
village. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that it's appropriate to talk about the black people in our lives when we're thinking about mm. blackness, when we're thinking about black history, when we're thinking about a village. Tell me a little bit about the people that you have surrounded yourself with. And when you think of black history and how that pride is just like, man, I got some dope people by my side. Mm. Well, you know, I I obviously think about my current friend group, you know? And when I say, like, (laughs) nobody around me is out here being a bum, out here not being ambitious, out here not being creative, out here not trying to better themselves. Like, everybody in my circle is truly amazing. And I, I appreciate the Black women in my life um, you know that's my oh, trigger word. I, <laughs> let me get get through this quick so you can go ahead and and spit your piece. But <laughs> I I appreciate um them in my life for so many different reasons. I think that the my black woman friendships have taught me so much about myself. And, like, for example, I, I speak quite often about my college best friend, Sahara. And when we were in college, you know, I and I explained this on an Instagram Live, I believe, but I, I had an experience where I was in the psych ward for a few days. Um, trigger warning. I'm not going to get deep into the the story right now but mm-hmm. the the gist of what I'm saying is that she she came with me to check myself in she was the only person that I told that I was going and the grace that was extended to me the lack of judgment the encouragement that I was doing the right thing the when I returned not treating me like I was fragile and combustible was transformative for me because my experiences you know sometimes you you grow up and it's not it's not about woman relationships this is a big misconception it's not about relationships with women it's about maturity and when you're engaging with people who are not on the same maturity level then you get situations where it's like oh well we haven't talked for a while so we're just not going to speak or I'm not going to seek to understand why you're going through what you're going through or why you're acting the way that you're acting because it's offending me and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And because that had been my experience prior to her friendship, it was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the support of a black woman and this feels amazing. (laughs) Like, it's so amazing. I think about, you know, my friendship with you, about how edifying it is and how, you know, we we literally speak every day. 
and we may not say much every day, but I feel a genuine connectiveness, a genuine, I want to know how you are doing and I'm asking you genuinely. Um, I feel like we are able to share ideas and dreams and we have our manifestation Mondays, you know what I'm saying? Like where we are actively pouring into each other and just with those two examples alone have really reshaped not only my love for black women, but my love for myself. Because if I can attract this, then I am, there, there is inherently something in me that is attracting that behavior to me. Yeah. Because it's seeing, it's mirroring what is inside of me. That is so I, I, I love that. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really appreciative of my tribe, even my my bros, you know, like there's nobody that is in my circle that would disrespect the woman that is not providing for for his family, whether that is a family he's created or, you know, the family that created him. Mm-hmm. They, like they are they are strong they check in they are emotionally available and they paint a picture of what it looks like to actively work towards being healthy emotionally mentally spiritually all of you in my tribe show me that this is the potential of our people working in collaborative effort and that's so powerful when you start seeing your communities that way, your small communities. Mm-hmm. If you can do it within four or five people, then imagine what those same action steps would look like across 40 and 50 people. Mm. 400, 4,000, 4 million. It would be, it would be a takeover. And, yeah. and not, not in... Uh, uh, cool (laughs) okay that's not our fashion (laughs) but (laughs) a takeover like even in a spiritual sense you know it would be a reclaiming of our time of our space of our purpose of our power you know Mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm super appreciative of who I have in my life currently when I think of um people that are elders to me that I appreciate. I think of my maternal grandmother a lot. I've never met her. She passed when my mother was 12. Mm. But people in my family especially will say that I remind them of her. Um, I know and, you know, I feel connected like I've met her I feel like I've met her I feel like I have experienced guidance from her Mm -hmm. um even without meeting her um I I know I can account for many times in my life that I have been going through something and there's like communication through either me seeing butterflies or birds Wow. And it'll be it'll be 
in the most random times, but it feels like a communication. Mm. Um, and it grounds me to let me feel comforted. Like this is, this is where you're supposed to be. You're going to be okay. And somebody who is connected to your bloodline is still watching you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's super powerful. Even the, and I'm bringing up black women a lot, but they <laughs> really shaped me um, tremendously, you know, even, and I, and, and these are people that I've mentioned in my dedication pages in my children's book. I love she about what I love about black women. Like mm-hmm. I, I had an eighth grade home and economics teacher, Miss Morgan, who before I left middle school, she said, whatever you do, if you get married again, whenever you start publishing your books, do not change your last name. So I know that it's you. Mm. And that stuck with that stuck with me so much so that past the eighth grade, over 10 years later, by the time I ended up publishing my first book those words still resonated. Mm. So, so the, to, to sum it up, so I'm not giving a dissertation. (laughs) I think the black people in my life have a consistent pattern of speaking life into me and showing me what excellence and greatness looks like. Okay. What about you? Oh, man. I think there's so much that I can say about the the people that I've been blessed to meet Mm -hmm. during my journey. Um, And I think all of them have something uniquely special that can't be duplicated. Mm. And I think that's what makes black people amazing. Yeah. Like we are all in this fight, fighting different ways. Mm. You know, I have friends who are single parents. I have friends who have moved back home just so they can start businesses. I have friends who are out in these streets, protesting, educating, teaching children, just, really contributing to the movement in ways that are just amazing mm. and you know when we talk about black women and I and I joke that that's my trigger word but mm-hmm. black women have saved my life yeah I black women have literally saved my life yeah and I am always always looking for ways to just shout them out ways to thank them I feel like I'm indebted to them for the rest of my life Mm. Um, when I think about my circle specifically I just think about all the great people who like you similar to your story who embrace me without question Mm -hmm. and I think that is the love of black women like the love of a a black woman is so strong and so indescribable Mm -hmm. and so healing and so needed Yes, you know Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, I could go on, and I could, and I'm, I'm really trying to contain. No, speak your truth, sis, because it's, it's, it's a fact. You're not saying nothing that's not a fact. Like the <laughs> love 
of a black woman unmatched it's unmatched it's so fulfilling and i'm just blessed i'm just so blessed um yes i mean yeah i i don't know what else to say yeah i i think one of those somber like those moments that just somber you yes and you're just like, yeah. wow, like I just thinking about all the people in my life and thinking about all the black women that I surround myself with in their stories. Like a lot of my friends are immigrants. A lot of my friends mm. are from single homes. A lot of mm. my friends are currently raising children on their own and just trying to figure it out. And I see right. them and I see their stories and I see their growth and I see them trying. And I'm like, this is black history. Mm-hmm. Like watching my friends raise children is black yeah. history. Yeah. Friends that I've known when I was a child, now seeing that cycle repeat itself and them giving their children a better life that they'd had yeah. than when what they had. And it's the small things. Yeah. Like affirming their babies. And I'm just like, this is this is black history. Yeah. Yes. Breaking generational curses, yes. Yes. bringing wealth to their family emotionally, spiritually. Like the power that we have, the power that we hold, and the power that we hold in terms of healing and breaking generational curses is. Girl, don't even start. Look, we don't get, we, we, we already got started. We have the whole month, thankfully. And beyond, because we're not done after February, to to pour into you know the the people in our lives that have made substantial impact on us, um, and just just celebrate us for who we are. I think that speaks so much to why we started this platform in the first place. Of you know there there is so much to say um when we talk about the black community it tends to not just not come with a negative connotation but kind of come with a chip on its shoulder you know Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we know that we're magical and we're powerful and we're we're beautiful and we're we're unique and all of these things but it's always that but of the struggle in the systematic, in the systemic, in the like, in the pandemic, in the like, it's all the emics and the epics, and I, I think that the beauty of this platform is that we get to talk about those things still, and we still get to tell the truth, but we get to tell the truth through the lens of joy. We the get, lens of joy. Yeah, we get to tell the truth through the lens of acquiring peace, the through the lens of bettering our mental health. Um, so the, not not the, I don't want to call it a positive spin, but the positive narration that mm. we put to our pain and our struggle is something mm. that is dynamic. And I think that it's, it's going to be something that's going to be really powerful moving forward. Um, and speaking of pouring in, to individuals um, that, you know, are part of this community that are making it 
brighter and more beautiful in their own special ways. We also want to highlight artists and creatives of color during this month um, so that we can give them a platform, give them a spotlight, um, and, you know, just celebrate them for, for who they are. So we do have a guest today. Um, and his name is, is Ja. He's going to tell you more about himself when he comes on. Um, but Ja is an independent, uh, crate digger and he'll speak more about what that is. Um, he is a beat maker and he's a producer from my city, Mount Vernon, New York. Um, he, but money earning, money earning. Yo, I want a, a DJ to just like every time. Every time a DJ comes out of Mount Vernon, I want them to like put my voice <laughs> on it. Money earning. That's all. I, that's all I want to hear. You know how we just have to hear it's London on the track. Like I want to hear money earning when I'm not in the club, but I want somebody who is in the club to tell me that they heard me. We put that out in the universe, y'all. Beat makers, <laughs> y'all heard it from Mount Vernon. We we want to hear Brie on the track. Money earning. That's all. That's all they they gotta hear. But anyway, enough about me and my DJ uh, appearances. He's known for his high energy uh, live performances and remixes, and he is on a never ending quest to find the perfect loop. So. We are so excited to talk with him. And he is also responsible for our intro and outro music. Yes. You be jamming to that. We got to rap on it. Yes. Okay. Boom. We got to go on live this week and do a rap battle. (laughs) <laughs> to get an introduction song, I'm being dead serious. Oh, I think it's a game. Uh, all right, I gotta, I gotta get my flow together. Yo, can y'all hear me? Yes, we can hear. Yes. You. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Hey. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry, we had to. We're excited for the first guest. We have. No, no, you good? Um, yeah. So I'm Ja. I'm a producer. Uh journalist, beat maker, uh, creator, artist from Auburn, New York. And um, yeah, um, I just I just love these sounds, man. And uh, it's it's been something I've been working on and trying to perfect for like the last few years. But it's definitely been a journey. And, uh, and I've been working on a few things here and there. But um, more or less, it's been more, it's been like a, uh, like a like a past day of different things that I've given my time and attention to, so it's kind of really hard to pinpoint one exact thing mm-hmm. that I've been working on. But <clears throat> for the new project, I I have been zoning out for that and just getting ready for that release. So yeah, and then also doing the stuff with uh, the creative team with Mohammed and Levans for the Basement Project, um, which is our like platform where we interview and uh do like a live perform- performance with different artists from the community so it's a, it's a lot of different things but primarily that and then my personal uh beat tapes to what i've been really working on in the last few months nice that's really dope i 
I think that we have a whole bunch to talk about after <laughs> your intro, especially with the basement projects. And this our our gist for February is really highlighting creatives of color so that we can introduce our listeners to various communities within our black community space. Um, right. So we definitely want to hear more about the basement projects, but I do have a question about something that was in your bio. You identified yourself as a crate digger. Yes. Tell us what that is. For those who don't know what crate digging is, what is a crate digger? Okay. So a crate digger is, um, is essentially a person who, you know, Back in the day when uh, people were collecting physical vinyl, uh, more or less vinyl records, uh, they would be held in milk crates. And so whenever you wanted to search for a new record or a new sound or a new vibe, you would definitely go with uh, going through the crates or digging in the crates. And DJs just had crates on top of crates on top of crates on top of crates of records that they've collected throughout the years. And so... Whenever you refer to somebody as a crate digger, you're basically referring to somebody as they're digging through the crates to find their sounds that really move them mm-hmm. and stuff that really uh, resonates with them as a creative and just as a not not only a music listener, but then also as like a performer as well or inspiration rather. So yeah, I think so. That's where it comes from. It's like coming, it's like digging through milk crates to find your your sound. That you've been looking for. Hmm, that's really dope. So, can you tell us how you got into producing and making beats? Yeah. Um, oof. Uh, so, my father, who is, oh, still is, he doesn't DJ that much anymore, but um, he, he is a DJ from Jamaica and he used to be like a nightclub owner as well. So on top of like uh, managing and owning the club, he would DJ uh, pretty frequently. And he would just, you know, go from place to place trying to find records just to collect and not just play in the club, but having his own personal collection. So over the years, he just amassed a good amount of music. And um, that's where I kind of like started, like me, listening to different music and like hearing different genres and not really sitting down listening to one specific sound but more or less taking in everything that i'm hearing you know so it started out really with my pops and then from there um learning how to make music and working with programs and equipment and different types of gear just to really see and know what I'm doing but yeah I would say it started out with my pops and then from there different friends have definitely helped influence and push like the current sound that I'm curating or trying to to curate nice I I remember the first time all those years ago that I first heard (laughs) one of your sets. It wasn't that long ago. It was it was long ago. <laughs> it was long ago. Okay. Um and I remember I don't know, I could just describe it as a vibe. It was just a vibe. So how do you think if you could 
compile words together in a succinct manner, how would you describe your sound? How would I describe my sound in a succinct manner? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there's a lot that goes into the that goes into the sound. I would say that um, if I could describe my sound in very few words, it would more or less, it would kind of just be a culmination of different things into one so it's like it's like a soulful gumbo or mm-hmm. like a hip-hop gumbo if you want to you could if you could call it that because i i try to get inspiration from almost anywhere that i could take it whether it's me hearing something on the street or if it's me hearing something um on a radio <clears throat> or just simply like like the sound of somebody tapping their foot or hitting their arm against something, it's it it, it it could really evoke that that sense of me where it's like, damn, like I can use that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So definitely being in tune with all the different sounds that that that, that I think could 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 move something in me to then move something in the music. Hmm. So um yeah, that's it. Like that's how I could describe the sound. Very like, like the, yeah, like just a gumbo was. If you like it, if you like it. If you don't, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I like so, that. in in your opinion, what makes a good song? Mm-hmm. Being that you have the ear that you have, like what when you're out here crate digging and you're listening to different beats or songs to sample, like what is that? Mm, this this the one. Uh, what makes a really good song? I would say what makes a good song? Instrumentation, the arrangement, the vibe. Like, every song has a different vibe. Uh, if it has lyrics, I guess the lyrics, but not always, because I feel like the lyrics are the last thing that hit the music whenever it's created. So, mm-hmm. um I definitely think uh, the sounds that somebody uses, the, the the vibe behind the music and the intention, like music is very much atten- like intention driven and music more or less has power to, to, to persuade and just has power to, 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 to do whatever it really wants with its message or its intention. So mm-hmm. definitely if the intention is right, the vibe is right, you know, the sounds is right, then I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a tap in. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised, like even some of the corniest shit that I've heard. Oh sorry, can I I, I didn't mean you good, you good, you good. You good, you good. Oh okay. not the church. <laughs> but yeah, even some of the corniest stuff may have elements in it that that can more or less be used or or at least is shared. So um so yeah I think that's what really makes a good song. The vibe, the um, the instrumentation, and then the intention of the music. I think a lot of what you describe between your music process or music music itself um, is being described as like a soulful, spiritual, transient experience. Um, what made you want to 
create music and then share it in a platform like the Basement Project. And for those who don't know what the Basement Project is, if you could speak a little bit more about what it is, how it came to be, and what you all do. Uh, yeah, so like the Basement Project, um, well, I'm going to start with like the first like sentence. So um, um, what prompted me to really make that type of like uh, soulful music or like, you know, that, that soul evoking music is, um, it's more or less just that, 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 um, it's that thing in me that wants to, that wants to just create and that wants to just feel that vibe and just, and just be in tune with that vibration. I really feel as if music is kind of vibrational and all the frequencies that we consume on a daily basis it is it's for a purpose and the, those frequencies do something to us like whenever you hear like a slapping 808 or if you hear um you know good vocal runs or 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 a, or a Rhodes piano or like a dope progression like all these different things can can move somebody so I try to put myself in that in those shoes like what sounds is going to really be like give you that that if you could just get like a head nod and just be like in that zone then I know I did my job you know what I mean so um definitely I, I look for those things that could really push individuals to to just bob and zone out and then with the basement project it's like those sounds and those beats they can inspire other people. And through what I've seen, the work that I'm doing with, you know, the homies, it's like everything that you put on or anything that you that you put on that has that effort and that cadence, somebody's gonna rock with it and somebody's gonna vibe with it. So um so yeah, it's definitely putting the stuff out there on a platform where it's gonna be heard, it's gonna be seen and people are gonna tune in because you know it's there and everybody's home now so everybody got time to look and see like oh shit this yeah. is the vibe you know what i mean so yeah i think uh that was the intention that i had with the basement project and also my music too is like bringing all the worlds together to push uh for the same thing which is to move with that collective consciousness as as artists you know yeah you mentioned being home and all of us being home, even recording this podcast. We're all doing this from our old own like central location. So how has this pandemic, both this global health pandemic and racial pandemic, how has that affected your creativity? Um Damn, it's a uh... It's been kind of stifling, not a lot, but it definitely has shifted the, uh, it's definitely shifted like the paradigm of my own music because mm. I'm very much uh, crowd driven. Like I love going to crowds. Mm. I love being in crowds. My, my thing before even the pandemic was going to shows and going to festivals and really um, being immersed in that culture and that community. I can vividly remember going to 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 Warp Tour and Afropunk like every year, 
And since the pandemic kind of hit, I've just been more or less focusing on what I need to do as an individual artist rather than, you know, follow what the collective is doing, but mm. also being in tune with the collective. I think it's harder now to really be in tune with each other, or it could be easier depending on how you look at it. But um, for me, it's kind of harder just to just to tap in with other people to see what's going on because there's so much going on right now. Mm. You know, so... Um, it's definitely been a time of self-reflection. It's definitely been a time of, of, of growth and a time of just revelation a little bit. Just just like the like the world being lifted and kind of just like I questioned it too. I'm just like, damn, I used to do all that. Like I used to really be out like to that late, like <laughs> doing nonsense, like doing nothing. Like literally just doing nothing. So it's been um it's been a blessing to kind of just like stand back and watch um how the world is moving and to know how i can move forward as an artist in this new realm that we're all embarking on as creatives mm-hmm. so meet labria we talk a lot about black joy right so mm-hmm. of course i have to ask you this question what is bringing you joy during these moments like during this time What's bringing me joy during this time? Definitely family, I think. Um, being home has really, oh, sorry. Yeah, being home has really kind of just helped me appreciate and realize like all the things that I do have and kind of just take a break. You know, I, I think I, going two years straight of just like making music and putting it out there and trying to perform too and doing a lot like it could be it could get hectic and it it does take a toll so I guess the best thing for me right now is just to relax and just focus on no not not just not just music but then other aspects of my life that 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 need to be tackled that I haven't done because I've been so busy trying to create. Mm. So just definitely slowing, slowing down and taking everything in and just going with emotions is, um, it's been, it's been refreshing. So that's like the best thing that's happened from this pandemic. And plus I get to see my dog like almost every day. So, (laughs) you know, he's happy. So you talked about being home, having space for clarity and not really having to try to create but just being in a state of being and we know that you're releasing a project very soon um what can you tell us about the new project what should listeners expect where did your inspiration come from talk to us about that yeah so um the new project that I have. Wait, first of all, y'all, y'all can hear me good, right? Yeah. Yeah, you sound good. Yeah, so the first, um, well, this project that I'm releasing now is, um, it's, uh, it's entitled uh, Data Loop. And mm-hmm. the premise behind the, um, the project is uh, early on last year when, uh, even before things were getting kind of crazy, 
I was um I was questioning a lot and especially with like the prevalence of uh of uh constantly seeing uh black bodies in a position where, you know, you're either getting killed or um or just a whole bunch of like just disen disenchant uh uh, disenfranchisement and then not only that it's like having my own family and my own like nephews question their own existence as black men in this country which you know at the age of 12 and 13 like they shouldn't be doing that mm -hmm. but they see these things and then they ask like you know why are they killing people on tv like that he looks like me mm -hmm. You don't really know how to explain that to a kid. And so um, it made me sit back and think about the ways that I could relay the messages that are being portrayed within our media through um, through my music. And not to, not to shed light, because there's already light shed on the situation. I don't mm -hmm. think that's what I need to do as an artist, but basically just speak my piece. Mm -hmm. And... I feel like um, there's no better time to do that than just now because I have all the means at my disposal to do so. And so there's a lot of different themes on the project. You'll see themes of uh, you'll see themes of um, of like confusion. There'll be themes of like. Um, of, of me talking about or putting snippets at the economy and how we, end, we need to find our place in the economy as a mm -hmm. people, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there, but um, it's it's only twelve, it's, it's only twelve tracks. I try to keep I try to keep it short, and um, and it's basically just a culmination of different of all the tracks that I've done from uh, well, all the like personal tracks that I think are like album worthy from March of last year up until about November of last year as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now I'm actually going to do a physical release too. So it's going to be mm -hmm. limited copies, uh, like physical editions for cassettes. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of hype. I want to get some like data loop T-shirts too because I have some concepts that I think would go yes, well merch. with that. With that uh, with that whole idea of being in the loop, and the whole idea is getting stuck in the loop of 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 the content that we're consuming as mm -hmm. as consumers. So, you know, if I remember when the Ahmaud Arbery shooting happened, mm -hmm. and that one took a profound toll on me because I like I literally saw a whole just you know I, I, I saw I saw I saw literally a murder on TV like the first like not the first that I've seen but it just it, it's so crazy because you know homie was just jogging literally just jogging yeah. and that was the one that that kind of was just like okay it seems like things are getting a little out of hand right now. And then the whole George Floyd uh, murder happened not too long after that. And then at that point, I was just like, yeah, I need to, 
I, I need to create because it was just too many, too much happening at once. And yeah, but it's not the first time, you know, I think the one that really hit for me was, um, oh my gosh, it was, um, what's his name? It was the, it was the case where he was walking home and the cops stopped him and then he, they like subdued him to the ground and then he had a seizure while he was in custody. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, oh my God, Elijah McClain. There yeah. you go. There you go. That one hit kind of hard because you, it's like me, like, you know, it's literally kid, probably not even over 130 pounds, who, who also had, you know, his own fair share of like, um, um, you know, mental illness as well. And he was actually like playing violin, he played violin for the elderly, like that shit. And to hear that people, like you thought he was a threat? Nah, that, that, uh, that don't sound right. So yeah, it's definitely how, is my chance to really say how I've been feeling about everything without being too, you know, upfront. I just like to say what I gotta say and then just like chill. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, that's what like expect a lot of that um on the prop. But then also like it's just me realizing like acceptance and knowing how to maneuver within the time that we're all in and just being aware of not only your surroundings, but the people and the energy that you bring to you. And and yeah, so yeah, definitely definitely be on lookout for that. <laughs> that's 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 really powerful. Um, as a concept, because I think within the last decade, we all have had a moment that in, that in the police brutality realm or the marginalization, disenfranchisement, all of right. these, these words that has right. been on loop for us. Um, yeah. For me, I think I, Trayvon Martin sticks with me because we are literally two weeks apart in age. Literally. Wow. Same year. Same, like, is it is crazy. So I feel like every time I go through a big life transition, I see his face. Like, you should be saving for your home. Right. You should be... Right entering into right. adulthood you should be exploring your relationships you should be right. exploring your love for yourself so i think i i don't i don't know if i would go as far as to call it like survivor's guilt but it is definitely something that plays on on loop for me i know you said um elijah mccain mclean um for you josh Ja, I need to. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it's it right. Okay. Put it in it's that out. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but Amani, what about you? Like, if we're thinking about a moment that has been stuck on loop for us, is there anything that resonates? For me, um, I don't. Oh, the shift in this conversation is giving me goosebumps. Uh, 
Um, for me, it was Sandra Bland. I mm. think um, as a black woman, seeing a black woman handled that way mm. by the police. And um, my mom was a, is a victim of police, police brutality. Um, she was dragged down 15 flights, naked, beaten in oh front God. of everyone outside of the oh building. Yeah, so um, it kind of gave me that flashback. Mm. And it just showed me how Black bodies are just not cared for it in this country. Mm. Um, and as a Black woman, it just it just... It just didn't sit right in my spirit, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, Ja, I, I really applaud you for finding a way to give yourself an outlet, you know, to speak about your truths and to speak about your your reactions to those experiences. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that... Um, that I don't like to actively think about, but it's something that I do have to actively think about at the same time. Because if I have kids, that could be my kid. You know, God forbid, mm-hmm. knock on all the wood. You know, that could have been me at one point too. It's like, yeah. you know, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It, nobody's excluded. Yeah. And that's and that's what. Um, and that's the scary part is that like, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, like that can happen to you at any given moment. So also paying homage to those who have passed and those who 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 continue to fight and you know if i can aid in any way that i can you know it's like awareness that that's the first step is just being aware and then knowing what knowing how to maneuver so yeah and and before we we started our conversation with you, Ja, um, we were talking about how this platform has really been a catalyst for us to have these conversations, but through the lens of joy, through the lens of hope, um, through the lens of overcoming. And I think that it would be, you know, a, a great perspective to hear from you what do you hope is on loop for the black community moving forward um what what images do you feel need to be on loop for us what words do we need to hear on loop like what what is your vision for our community on loop yeah so um what words do I need to hear on loop? Um, I definitely, I, I, I chopped a lot of, um, during the project, I was chopping a lot of instances where uh, it was older, it was old video, but the things, the words that kind of stuck out to me was uh, thinking about how to, well, the word revolution kept on coming up in my head. And I'm not thinking about revolution as in us doing what what we saw a few weeks ago. Like, not. Nah. I'm talking about, like, revolution in the sense that we're revolutionizing our means of education, revolutionizing our means of how we defend ourselves and our intellect, because 
that's the easiest thing to strip away from somebody is their means of education. And so, yeah, revolution, education has been on loop for me. Um, preservation, mm. definitely preserving what's going on right now and, and documenting and, um, and just keeping everything together because the more we're able to accumulate when we're thinking about in terms of data is the more we have at our disposal to hold for ourselves to know like yo this is what this is what's actually going on despite you know how how things are maybe viewed even on our own like soil like you know we have firsthand account of what's happening to our people so we need to preserve that Mm. and um and uh and I think I think that's kind of it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. those are the words that have been kind of like on loop for me for the past um, few months, so to speak. Namani, mm. what's on loop for you? What do we need to hear? Luxury! Period! Luxury. Luxury has been on loop because... Uh, I honestly think that, especially for Black women, we need to be okay with luxury. And luxury mm-hmm. is just not material experiences. Luxury is luxury of friends, luxury of mm. just self-care, luxury of just just all of those things. It goes so much deeper than material. So that's a loop for me. Um, joy. I think Black joy is such a weapon. Mm. Um, especially during these times. Um, so joy is something that I've just been trying to drill into my head. What about you, Boo? Um, Investment. Right, Ooh. talk about that. Okay, that's, that's, my, that's my word for February. Um, not just because it's Black History Month, but um, entering, starting, by the time y'all hear this, February 1st, It'll be 26 days into my 26th birthday. Okay. So I am thinking about how I am intentionally investing in myself yeah. for this month. Yeah. Um, a word that's also on loop is forgiveness mm. um, for myself, forgiving myself, forgiving myself for doubting, for making decisions that are best for me um for not having the words to articulate um my my movements and making other people feel comfortable with them just just being in a constant state of forgiveness and um i guess a third word would be love Mm. there's so much um to love about ourselves I think we get lost in the sauce like we we take for granted being able to look at ourselves in the mirror and really see who we see in you feel me um so I I think that working on self-love working on self-forgiveness working on investing are my words that are on loop and I hope that as 
you are listening to this, you know we always leave you with um, our aggressive affirmations, but I hope that in each episode, when you listen to those aggressive affirmations, that those are on loop for you, that you take those throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout Mm -hmm. your month, that you speak them over yourself, um, because our words have so much power. Um, And our eyes, what we consume, our ears, what we're listening to, it has so much power over how we see ourselves and how we see the world. Um, so, yeah, this this has been super, super dope. Um, thank you, Ja, for coming and talking to us, being our first thank guest. Our first guest. On the potty. In a penny, okay. Do you have a would you rather for today? Of course, I don't, but do we ever <laughs> look okay? First of all, me and Amani are a joke because <laughs> from no, I'm exposing us. Keep this in, don't delete this. I'm exposing us because we are a joke, we are a fraud. We said. Every Instagram live, every podcast episode, we're ending with a game of Would You Rather. Me and Amani spent hours upon hours creating agendas for these podcast episodes. Every agenda ends with a Would You Rather. Do either of us have a Would You Rather question? No. No, we don't. We don't prepare for anything. We Everything else is prepared for except for Would You Rather. Okay. Um, and then when I look online for would you rather, they be mad corny. Corny. Like, corny. Would corny. you rather eat no hot candy at Halloween or no turkey at Thanksgiving? Nobody gives a fuck about that. What? Nobody care. Like, who cares? So do you, as, as our guest, it's no mm-hmm. pressure. You no. don't have to come up with a question. But if you have a question for us, we can start off with your question and then circle around. Ooh, does a question have to pertain to a certain topic? Amani, that's your call. Nah, I'm feeling a little bit adventurous today. Okay. Boom. Hmm. All right, so I have to say, would you rather blank or blank? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... um. Oh, boy. Hmm. You need some Jeopardy music? Deadass, because I'm trying All to right. think of a question. You ready? I'm about to be All right. Oh, you going to sing? All right, cool. Yeah, ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm done. All right, so. Oh, that was about to rap. All right. <laughs> I'm going to rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> okay, so would you rather, would you rather, hmm, would you rather go backpacking in Japan or would you rather go Zorbing in New Zealand? What's the second one? Facts. Oh, I've never been Zorbing? Uncultured swine right here. Ah, damn. All right, so boom. It's like when they put you in that big ass uh, uh, bubble. And you just go rolling down a hill. <gasps> but you safe though. You safe like you Gucci. Like who says the bubble? 
Yeah. I'm going to take the bubble. I'm going to take the bubble? I have a phobia of Japan. So. What? Yes. I do. I what? do. I'm really, I'm really done. I can't. I'm curious. Wait, why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's going to sound mad ignorant. And I don't want <laughs> to. No, go ahead. Nah, go ahead, bro. It's, it's totally fine. I promise you I got a good heart. Um, it's just the culture shock for me. Like, I feel okay. like my biggest fear is getting lost in Japan. Mm. not knowing how to get back to where I am. I feel that. Because I feel that. Fear, but I... And it's Tyra Banks' fault. You know why it's Tyra Banks' fault? <laughs> because Tyra used to take these models out in the middle of nowhere, drop them off. What I'm not talking about those. Is this America's Nice Top Model? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch this. This should sound funny as hell. She used to just drop them off. <laughs> they had to find their way back. She is being dramatic. <laughs> That is, that is not what happened. Oh my god, that's funny. That is hilarious. So is your fear of getting lost in Japan greater than Okay. Is your fear of getting lost in Japan greater than your fear of waking up as TI? Oh my god. Oh I have a feel, I have a phobia as well, Josh. Um, did, did y'all did y'all hear about that? What? You gotta put this on. Oh no, nah, I'm not gonna be the one. No, we <laughs> can't bring it up and then be like, nah. Uh-uh, we here now. Type in, type in Ti on Google right now and see what happens. Ti on Google. Why are you just telling us? Lord, 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 Lord. T.I. That's it. All I gotta type is T.I. Just type it. Just type in T.I. on Google. Oh, he got sexual abuse allegations. Oh. Oh. 15 women Oh, Lord. accused T.I. and Tiny. And Tiny? Yeah. I mean, how the, how believable? I don't know. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. When, when I, saw, I saw that like yesterday, and I was like, whoa. This is a lie. Okay, so maybe the fear of Ti is a little greater than the <laughs> than you thought. <laughs> but wow. then it also goes into the whole play of like, um, is only only so many people could come out before somebody starts to really speculate something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, you you can't really you can't really deny nor confirm. Because you wasn't there, but um, it's just a little odd to me that that many people started to come out in regards to that whole situation, which if it is true, then, you know, that's even a bigger issue. But um, I do I do believe everybody's guilty until proven, I mean, innocent until proven guilty. So I'm team believe woman. <laughs> Same. Me too. Me too. But, um, I believe women. That's another podcast for another day. Wow, yeah. Ti. I just felt, but like that, the, the but the allegation alone is enough to question. Like, bro, what? <laughs> like, what? I'm not gonna spill my tea right now. Yeah, I we're can't. Gonna give that for we gonna we, we gonna leave that we gonna leave that alone. Who? <sighs> well, yeah. Would you rather you? Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, you didn't answer. Are you going to be rolling? Oh, I didn't answer? 
No, you gonna be in a bubble or you gonna be backpacking in Japan? Um, I'm gonna take Japan for five hundred, Alex. Um, that bubble? Mm-mm. No, thank you. I mean, I like I, the adrenaline, so I probably choose a bubble. No, thank you. I like New Zealand too. They know, they know COVID over there. Okay, that's true. Um, <laughs> I just, if there's no COVID, then I don't need to be in a bubble going down the hill. I can go in fresh air down the I'm hill. I'm dead. Um, I'm dead. So that's, that's it for me. I don't like closed spaces. Um. So, yeah. Also, Tyra Banks' fault for <laughs> that runway. Did you... I forget what cycle it was, but they had to be in a bubble walking down a runway because the serious? runway was on water, like near water. It was like a a runway, but it was on the side of water. I can't speak right now, but that bubble made me never want to try out. I was like, you're not putting me in those dangerous situations for a picture. Ira Banks is the problem. <laughs> that that might be be the the answer. It's Tyra Banks's fault. <laughs> I love Tyra though. Yeah, she's she's the goat. But um, would you rather question Amani? Would you Give me rather a good one? A good one. A good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you question what you had? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Let me go back to Google. Go ahead, Bree. Please, come on now, sis. It's your turn. <sighs> Would you rather listen to Nick Cannon music on loop for the rest Ooh. of your life? Don't okay. do that because else. all right, Gigolo a lot of times, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> or or would you rather? Um, have every song interrupted by Little John saying "Yeah." Oof. Every song you listen to, you can listen to whatever song, but it's going to be interrupted. At some yeah. Point to hear. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, like Funk Master Flex interruption. Oh, chill. Nah, I'll have to choose yes. Nick Cannon if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Them flex bombs be killing me, bro. Them <laughs> this is what New York sounds like. Flex. We got another one, a hot one. I can't. I can't, I can't man. I can't. But I can't. yes, that level of interruption in every song. Like, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take Nick Cannon. I'll take Nick Cannon, too. Wow. Honestly, I'll do it. Can I yeah. live inside? That was a good song. Why am I taking an interruption? I don't know. Like I don't know, man. There's too many, too many bonds for me. You be dropping bonds every five seconds. I can't even <laughs> listen to the song. <laughs> Shout out to Fun Flex. <laughs> okay, so I have two. I'm trying to choose between. Do both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Okay, would you rather experience the beginning of the earth or the end of the earth? <clears throat> Damn. I'm going to take that beginning. I don't know, man. The, the beginning looked, that, that looked difficult. <laughs> 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 that looked difficult. Hunter gathering, like, 
Jocelyn, not I. Nah, I, I, I take the end. I could probably survive the end. <laughs> I'm going to take the beginning because I'm going to have a talking to with my good sis Eve. I'm going to tell her, <laughs> listen, you will have no business over here by this tree. No I business. It was a setup. That's it was, it was. It was a, a setup. setup and I it was Eve's fault. It was Adam's. I don't know, man. They got it. They kind of both played a role in that. No, let you me know. tell you something about Adam. About Adam saw Eve. The, ch- the drink was fat. He was like, "Yo, Stop. yo, <laughs> yo, the apple though. Give me a bite." Nah, like Adam had one job, and he didn't want to relay the message to his wife. She needed me there to be like, "Sis, you look stupid right now. You know what you're about to do. You know what you're setting us up for. Put it down. Get it out your mouth." She needed that that black mother with her her teeth speaking through her teeth. That's what she needed. So I'm going back to the beginning. So that yeah, yeah, she needed talking to. I don't know, man. I feel like the end. I get uh, if if we talking about like I am legend type shit, then um, yeah, like. No, I'm it's easier than going through the beginning. You talking about there's no infrastructure, no nothing. Like, kidding me? I got to deal with plagues and shit. I'm already dealing with one plague now that with like and I'm cool so <laughs> like so you, you telling me? me that you rather just live through I am legend because you have indoor plumbing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have as long as I still have okay. indoor plumbing and some sort of electricity, I could live through I am legend. Okay. I think so. Okay. I think, I think, I think when 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 things start to like really shut down and like there's no internet and stuff, then I'll be kind of scared. But I think I can handle it. Okay, Amani, um, what about you? <laughs> Ooh, I want to say I want to say the beginning. Um, but then John made a, a really good point because I can't imagine myself having like to poop outside. Like not but you wouldn't know any better. Like the social construct of that being wrong would not exist in your mind. But how do we know that? Was that a part of the would you rather? <laughs> no, you're but, not doing this to me because but, every time I ask clarifying questions, you'd be like, that's about to be part of the question. Uh-uh. But, then I, but then I feel like people would just want to like just live and mate all day. Like that would yeah. that would more or less be hey. That would more or less be the the life that I would have to live, and that's that's a lot. That's a lot of mating. Think about it. Like I gotta repopulate the human earth, mating. like like cause you're not bathing or nothing. So. Right, it was just musty out here, just <laughs> like yeah, that's a lot. I think I would like, have to do uh, depends. Um, so you're saying that these answers are predicated on you moving forward or backward with the same knowledge that you have now? Yeah. Okay, you didn't. I mean, say if that. I have the knowledge now, then I'm and I'm in the beginning. I can't really do much with that because I can't work with nothing. Like, but I could the most I could do is like really start a fire, <laughs> like <laughs> take two rocks and 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 some stick and just you know Imagine some flint. That. <laughs> <laughs> and some stick. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm. I'm that was a good question. I like that question. Okay. And the other question was, would you rather reset your life or fast forward to the future? Hmm. Fast forward. 
<sighs> Reset my life. Uh, uh, it reminds me of like that in that in that movie Hot Tub Time Machine, mm. where the dude went into the hot tub and he made all the big investments that were supposed to be made by like Google and Apple, but he just made everything in his name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question. That's a really hard question. It doesn't say reset to what time, right. though. You just reset to the beginning. To, like, a baby? To a baby. I don't want Benjamin Button disease. I'm going to fast forward. What? I'm good. Right, actually, I'm kind of curious to see what, like, 2050 going to be looking like. like. I would just fast forward because without the clarity of how fast the forward has to go, then everything that's supposed to happen in my life would have happened. Mm. I don't but have to also, deal with the the repercussions of if I reset and make different decisions and that changes the course of my life completely. But then it's also, it's just like, you could fast forward and be completely and totally out of place where you're at in the future because so many things have changed after you, you know, gotten there like we're not talking about going to the future and having future knowledge we're like going to the future with the same knowledge that we have now which might just be obsolete by then i i'm i'm okay like i don't live by that ideology um of regret i have no regrets like i oh yeah i have no regret and i don't believe that anywhere that i am wherever i step foot i'm supposed to be (laughs) So yeah. that wouldn't bother me as much being in the future, whether I had the knowledge or not, me stepping back into the past, risking not making decisions that would bring everybody who is supposed to be into my life, into my life. I don't, right. that's too big of a responsibility to me. So I would rather just move forward. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. What about you, Amani? I would reset. Why? I just, I've just been in a headspace where there are a lot of choices that I'm just like, I wish Mm. I could do that over. Um, So I would definitely reset um, to do some things a little bit better. The way I'm, the way I'm feeling that read, that fast forward, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be looking like. Yo, it really could be on some, on some like next level. It could either be we're gonna be some really supreme beings, or we, the world might just be desolated. You don't know yet. Fast forward can mean five years though, like. But that's that. But then we gotta set the time for the clock. Like how fast you wanna go? Sure like that set up the time for the clock. Like <laughs> it's a machine. Like <laughs> <laughs> you got so many layers for me, Ja. Like. <laughs> I'm waiting for the time machine to come. <laughs> it's almost on the way. Just just give it a few more years. Look, it's probably already there. There's already evidence of a parallel universe anyway, so. <laughs> well, we done Whatever. talked about the police brutality. We talked about the future. We talked about the past. We talked right. about black women. We covered a lot of topics today. 
And I think that this was a good kickoff for Black History Month. Yes. Ja, are there any words that you want to leave with the listeners? Where can they find you and follow you to keep up with when the project is dropping? Yes, yes. So um, be on the lookout for a variety of different projects, including the Data Loop. Um, also have a project coming out on Valentine's Day with my boy I O Not The Moon. That should be out, like I said, Valentine's Day. And um, yeah, it's going to be fire. Fire music, fire most likely visuals, fire everything. So be on the lookout for that. And then you can also find me at Bandcamp. My Bandcamp is jobless at bandcamp.com, whatever. Spell that for the people then, because we love spelling on this podcast. (laughs) That is, actually, I think it's just, it's uh, Bandcamp. It's bandcamp.com forward slash jobless. And then for Instagram, it's just jobless. And then SoundCloud is just job. That's J-V-H for everything. Right, thank you for spelling that. People were going to type in the A. They're going to type in the A and find, like, you know, a random Jamaican man. (laughs) But, yeah, no, definitely. um, uh, Yeah, J-V-H bless for everything. Uh, J-V-H bless for Bandcamp, for Instagram. And then SoundCloud is just J-V-H. And Apple Music, Apple Music too, and Spotify, J-V-H. Nice. So we want to thank you for joining us today, John. Yes, thank Um, you for blessing us. Yes. No, thank you guys for blessing me with this beautiful podcast. You guys (laughs) are doing an amazing job. This is so fire. Thank you. So fire. Thank you. Bendito, you made me to it, Amani. (laughs) But we we appreciate all of y'all for tuning in, for rocking with us, for listening. This is week three. Week. I feel like week. Yes. Yes. You remember? I don't know if y'all are SpongeBob fans, but you you remember when the Krusty Krab decided to be open for twenty? It never closed. (laughs) Mr. Krabs into day fifty-seven. Day 72. Bags under his eyes. That's how I feel right now. But the bags of money he's carrying. Period. We about to be money bags in here too. Because you know why we about to be money bags? Tell him why. Because y'all have been going into our Instagram bio at the black community and you have been clicking that link to become a patron you have mm-hmm. been going into your telfar bags mm-hmm. restock is thursday at, at <laughs> nine. restock is i believe tomorrow morning at 9 a.m if you want to bless me on february 27th <laughs> with the teflon they are restocking they sell out in minutes so telfar if you are listening and i know that you telfar. are because i'm manifesting your eardrum <laughs> to this podcast, you have reached into your Telfar bag and you have pulled out <laughs> your Telfar wallet that doesn't exist, but will. It will soon. And you have pulled out your little $12. You have pulled out your, I don't know the tier tier amounts, to be honest, Amani. I messed that up, but it's okay. You pulled out your money, your coin, and you have become a patron. So we appreciate you you know, patrons get bonus content. We're getting um, 
pre-orders for merch, uh, special discounts, VIP <laughs> tickets for our online events and our workshops. You're getting aggressive affirmations in some tiers. You're, You're getting, getting that ASMR. ASMR. With Amani, Amani is an ASMR specialist. If you I do am. not know, do if you, you have insomnia, get Amani. Say something in the mic, real quick. I just want to say thank you. Mm. You see, this is. Are you having trouble sleeping? <laughs> do you, you see, hear? One, two, ooh, ah, ah. Like you, you can't tell me. That shea butter didn't arrive on your face. You can't tell me that your edges did not just grow back. You did not tell me that you just got a toenail on your pinky toe. You cannot tell me you weren't restored. What? (laughs) You can't tell me you weren't restored. I mean, I pay for that. I pay to hear that. Exactly. Exactly. So please make sure you click the link in our bio on Instagram at the black community. That is T-H-E-B-L-K-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-E-A. Akila and the B in its what? Uh-huh. Okay. We when your album coming out. Anyway, we're closing out. because um, <laughs> y'all are y'all are jokes. Um we love you. We thank you. Amani, did I do aggressive affirmations last time? You did do aggressive affirmations last time, and I'm just gonna step in and do an aggressive affirmation really quickly. Oh, hit us For with those it. who are listening at home, I just want you to know, and this is real simple. I just want you to come a little closer, just so you can hear me. I'm gonna put my ass on. I just want you to know that you are enough, and that's all. Period. That's it. Oh God. That's it. That's all you needed to hear. You is enough. Let that be on loop for the rest of this week. And if you're not a patron, you're going to have to stretch that affirmation out for two weeks. Because we ain't coming. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I lied. We coming back next week. It's Black History Month. Of course. It's Black History Month. We had to come back next week. So let it stretch for another seven days until next Monday. As always, make sure that you Drink your water. Stay hydrated. Hydrated. Wait, hydrated. Accent now. (laughs) (laughs) Let me wait. Let me channel the accent because since my tongue wanted to mess me up, like I was illiterate. What accent (laughs) are you trying to channel? I don't know. Um, my British is bad. Um, let me just go back to my New Yorker. Channel Tim's. Tim's. All right, we're gonna start that again. Wait, I'm trying. I'm trying to get my New York back in me. Pizza, pizza. pizza. All right, make me, make me, make me, make me, make me, make me, All right, boom. Make sure, as always, that you stay hydrated, that you drink your water, you mind your business, and you do what, Amani? And you grease your scalp. Because honey is dry. Until next week. All right.